Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the to everyone for the beautiful breakfast this morning. Wasn't it gorgeous back there, those of you who got to be with us for breakfast, and the food was amazing, and I did none of that, and that makes it even better. It's always better when you don't have any part in it, and you just get to sit down and enjoy it, and as moms, we don't always get that. Sometimes um, when our kids want to help, or when our husbands want to help, I find that Billy is a way better help to me than I am to him. Because there's lots of times that I'm helping him and it's not very, I'm going to scoot this back. It's not very um, helpful. And he'll say, honey, you're helping me again. And I know that means he wants me to leave him alone and not help him. And so he is a very much a better help to me than I am to him. Um, this morning I want to speak on the subject mom talk. And it's funny, um, all of the songs, I requested the last song. Several, several weeks, maybe a couple of months ago when I started to think about today, um, I knew what I wanted to talk about. I knew what God, every time I, oh, sorry, I'm not used to this and I'm a hand talker. Every time I speak, it's always, I always share with you something that God's been speaking to me about. And so he works on me and wears me out and then I bring it to you and work on you and wear you out with it. And, um, I knew the subject matter, and so I requested that last song, and then Blake got up here, and if I were to get an honorarium today, Blake would probably get it, and what he didn't get, Billy would get the rest of it, because when Billy steps up here and, and prays over the offering, he says it, and so um, it's just proof, I think, that there's a, a central theme to today and what God wants us to receive today, but the message is mom talk, and a mom talk, even, even what Blake said, a mom talk is a special thing. You know, moms have this ability, and I think as we become grandmothers, this ability becomes bigger. Not that I'm a grandmother, but I, I had this grandma. We all have this grandma who has that ability to inflate our self-esteem. We're the prettiest, the smartest, the most handsome, the most capable. Those, those are moms. Those are grandmas. You know, they have that ability to say those things and speak those things to us. And so today I'm here to offer you a mom talk. I want to um, everyone in the room to feel encouraged, to feel pushed. Moms push us sometimes, you know, uh, maybe more than we want to be pushed. But I want it, even though it's for moms, everything that I have to say applies to every one of us in the room today. And so if you're a dad or if you're not a mom, if you're a child, if you're a man, um, I want you to know that everything that I say is not gender specific or role specific. It's for each and every one of us. And I just want you to be encouraged and I want you to be loved. Um, you know, when you think back, moms, when we think back to first becoming a mother, you know, all of our circumstances are different, different ages, different um, places that we were living, different types of um, 
things going on maybe in our lives. But when we think back to when we first become a mother, I think regardless of our situation and regardless of our circumstances, there's one thing that we could all agree on, and that would be anxiety. I know I watched the movie. I think I've talked to you all about the movie before, um, Mom's Night Out. Is that what it's called? Was that what it was called, Mom's Night Out? You know, she used the term stress paralyzed. It is a thing. And becoming a mom, I very much stress paralyzed. You know, I look in this, at this baby in the hospital and I think, can I do this? Can I raise this child? I am a child. Am I going to mess him up? Can I do that? Can he be messed up? What, you know, how, how am I going to do this? And there's all this in your head, this stress paralyzed. How am I going to do this? And anxiety. But there comes a tipping point. There's a tipping point to our anxiety where we set all of that aside. And it's love. Love outweighs the anxiety. Love takes over. And... I bundled him up, and I took him home, and we hoped for the best. And so, you know, it was love. It was love that let me put him in that car. It is indescribable. Becoming a parent, becoming a mother, it changes everything, right down to the shape of our body. Everything. 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 It changes everything. And I remember... My Gabe never slept. He just started, he's not, almost 19, and he slept, started sleeping through the night like three nights ago. <laughs> and so I just remember looking at this little creature that I love so much, and I couldn't put it into words. And then when I would, we were going to have Zoe, I thought, I know I'm going to love her, but I couldn't wrap my mind around dividing my love for Gabe for Zoe. And I knew that there would be love for her, but just the idea of child number two and how was I going to divide that love? And then they placed her in my arms, and when I looked at her, it wasn't a division, but it was a multiplication. And then there was Zane, our little caboose, our little surprise, and it was all over again the same thing, just a multiplication of love. They awakened in me something that I did not know was there. And I'm sure most of the daddies in the room would disagree, but as mamas, we know when we looked in those eyes, there was never going to be someone to love them as big as us. There was never going to be anyone that could love them as big as me. I made that. We made that. And no one could ever love them as much as us. And so it hurts me deeply when I see them frustrated with themselves when I see that they've met, they perceive a limitation in their life or something that they, they don't think they can do or they're aggravated with a part of who they are, it tears me up. I want them to daily know how amazing they are, how there are no limitations in their life. They can be whoever they want to be. They can have whatever they want to have in and through Christ Jesus. I don't want them ever to accept or to put on a limitation. And so... Mom, talk. Listen to me. That desire, that deep love, that aching that we have for our children to know that they're loved, to know who they are in Christ Jesus and what they can be does not even compare to the love that God has for us. His love for us is immeasurable. You can't quantify His love for you. 
You can't measure his love for you. It is immeasurable. And so if you'll help me pray this morning, I'm going to take us through mom talk. God, I thank you. I thank you for this privilege and for this opportunity. Lord, I know that you are speaking that today's word is a timely word. Lord, it has been spoken through a number of people here, through the songs, through the prayers that we've already have had this morning. And so, God, I pray that you use me, that you help me to communicate. Lord, that every person in this room would understand exactly how you feel about them and exactly what their place is in this world. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to turn to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it'll also be on the screen for you this morning. I'm going to read to you from the message version because I, I just love the way that it reads. I love to find a verse that I already love and then go read it in the message version. And it's just like it's, you're just having this conversation with Jesus. It's just, it, it's amazing. And so here it is. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We are called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously. Because it has no idea who he is or what he is up to. You know, we've all heard it. We've sang it since we were little bitty. Blake, you know, our, our mama sang it to us. They taught us, Jesus loves me, this I know. We know it. We know that Jesus loves us. It would be, we would never say, God doesn't love me. Jesus doesn't love me. But do we know it? Is it in us? Do we know? Can you say, God loves me? He loves you so much you can see it. It says in this verse, it says that just look at it. I mean, we are dripping with God's love. It is very visual. It is honest. He loves us so much that we can see it. His love is designated. It's designated for you. It's designated for me. It's designated for his children. We are his, and so that means that we look like him. A couple of summers ago, I had the opportunity to go to New York City for four days, and it was amazing. Um, I am very much a country girl. I was raised on a dairy. I cook with bacon grease. I drink sweet tea. But I could live in New York City. It was amazing. In every sense, fashion, form, it never sleeps. I love my sleep. But I know that if I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, which I do quite regularly, I could do something in New York City because it was amazing. If you haven't gone, you need to go. Amazing. So... One thing that we got to do while we were there is we visited Ellis Island. Amazing, because it was there, and it's amazing. And um, it, it really was very special. We, of course, went to the Statue of Liberty. And, 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 but um, I, of course, had no idea anything of New York. But when you go into the, the building of Ellis Island, it's like it's set up like a museum. There are huge shadow boxes, is what maybe what you would call them, and they're, they have artifacts and different things, pictures, papers, uh, maybe some of the medical tools. You know, everyone who came into the country, they they checked them medically, they checked them uh, mentally, they went through psych 
psycho psychoanalysis. And so there was a lot of stations that looked like big, huge, life-size shadow boxes that had these things. And when you walked up to them, we were on a self-guided tour, which you could very much do because you just push a little button and it would tell you everything that was in this case and someone would speak. And so I remember one case we went up to. We would go up to them and some of them would be so sad. And one of us would start to read and then we would say, don't read this one. Don't read, you know, we would leave, don't read this one. We would tell everybody else with us, you don't want to read this one, it's too sad. But this one we went to, pushed the button, and it was the voice of a lady speaking, and she was describing her experience coming into America. I didn't realize, I mean, it makes sense, but um, a lot of men would come over, leave their families, and come into America, and they would work and raise money, and then they would send that back, and they would send for their families, and then their families would come to America. And so this little girl was sharing of that experience. Her dad was already here, and um, she said she remembered getting off the boat, and it showed a picture of this family standing behind what, was, what we would call it like a chain-link fence. And um, she was talking about this man approaching her, and she said he had the most beautiful smile, and, you know, she's just talking so loving towards him. And his eyes were so kind, and I saw, she noticed him from a distance, and she said, I just loved him. She didn't know him. I just loved him. And as he got closer, I realized that he was my dad. But she knew him from a distance. She recognized, she knew that she looked like him as he got closer, and that's how she realized he was her dad. I don't know if he had left her mom while her mom was pregnant or if she was just a little baby and this was her, she was now old enough to know who he was. But she saw him and she knew him. She recognized him. She saw herself in his eyes. She loved his smile. She knew him and she recognized him. She knew him as her father. There is a rejection that we experience in this world because they don't recognize him. And so they don't recognize him in us. Don't take that personal. Don't try to fix that. I'm not saying to be ugly by any means. But we're going to experience rejection. We should expect rejection. In fact, the scripture that I read to you, after it tells you that you can see God's love, it then tells us that that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or take us seriously. Because they don't recognize him. They don't know what he's up to. So we can't take it personal. and We definitely can't retaliate when we experience that. The world doesn't recognize us because they don't recognize him. But we, that doesn't change or limit his love for us or his love for the world. He is our designer, and he loves everything about us. One of the parts of one of the songs this morning talks about the melody of our voice. He loves the melody of our voice. He loves your smile. He loves your eyes. Even those little things about you that get under your skin, that make you roll your eyes about yourself, that you don't love. He loves that about you. He made that about you. Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. It's past tense. I have loved you. His love for you is it's settled. It's a settled thing. There's nothing that you can do that can escape you from his love. There's nothing that you can do to make him not love you. His love for you is settled. And you know, in the 21st century, social media is such a glimpse into our hurting world. 
so many people without hope and living in doubt who are in such a low place. They have no realization of Christ's love. They feel like they're beneath everyone around them. And they're maybe not even in a healthy place to receive His love. And maybe you feel that way. You know, I've, I, have, I have battled feelings of rejection. But I have to say, we have to replace that word feelings with lies. Because rejection is a lie. We are not rejected. We are received and we are loved. There is room for each and every one of us at God's table. He doesn't push any of us away. He is the anti-rejection. He receives and He loves and He takes every one of us in. You know, not to make light of it, but I think of Forrest Gump. Yeah, I told you I was country. He's from Alabama. Forrest Gump, remember when he first meets his Jenny and he's on the bus and he's walking down the aisle of the bus. And he's, wanting, he's trying to find a seat. And the first little boy says, seat's taken. And then the second one, can't sit here. And he's walking and then Jenny scoots over and she makes room for him. We've all felt that. Like there's no place for us. There's no room for us. What's my, what am I doing here? I'm just taking up space. I can relate but I can only relate because I'm limiting God's love for me. I'm limiting it to my understanding. If I see myself as replaceable, and many times we do, we see ourselves as replaceable. I think I've not experienced this, but I've I've walked with enough people in my life who have people who've gone through divorce and, and then their spouse remarries. And that's very much a, a, a cut deep at the heart of I'm now replaced. You're not replaceable. There's only one you. You are not replaceable. And I thought, you know, anything I can do, there's bound to be somebody on this earth who can do it better. But that's not God's design for me. That's not God's thoughts towards me. You may feel like you live in a constant junior high. If you're on Facebook, you feel like you live in a constant junior high. But you are not replaceable. I want you, if I get anything in you today, this is what I want to get in you. God's plan for you is not generic, and it is not transferable. It is yours. It is yours. It's not, well, April didn't do that. So now here's Dawn, and she's going to do it. It's mine. It's made for me. His plan for my life is mine. It is made for me. It is not a generic plan. Well, any old gal in the South can do this. No, it is my plan. He made it for me. And your plan is your plan, and he made it for you. It is not transferable. It is not generic. It is yours. Believe it. You don't have to step on anyone to get to where God has for you. You don't have to step on anyone We're all in this together, and I don't have to step on anyone because what he's made for me is secure. It is mine. 
And so I don't have to step on anyone to get there. He has it secure. He has made it for me. And when I know the truth of who I am, and when you know the truth of who you are, I can't tell you the fights that I have resolved with my kids over truth. Zoe says, Zane, hand me that purple towel. That's not purple, it's blue. And then all craziness breaks loose. It's a purple towel, it's a purple towel, it's a purple towel, it's a purple towel. It's blue, it's blue, it's blue, it's blue, it's blue. And then I hear screaming and I hear furniture flying and I go in and it's a purplish, bluish towel that we are fighting about the color. And she's older and so I set her down like, Zoe, does it matter if he called it green? If you know it's purple, does it matter? I mean, do you really? He's, if, who has younger siblings? Yay. Yeah, they're, you know, they're special. And they have a, this special place in our lives to run us absolutely crazy. And that's all he, he, if he runs her crazy, he feels like it's a successful day. And so it's the same way in our world. If you know the truth, why fight with somebody who just wants to fight? I'm not at the mercy of someone with an argument because I've had an experience. And I know who I am, and I know whose I am, and I know the truth of that. And so I'm not at anyone's mercy. Just it's, if he wants to call it a yellow towel, we're going to call it a yellow towel. Just hand it to me. We're not going to fight about this. Live your life on purpose. Live for what matters. Be who God made you to be. Don't cheat your family. Don't cheat your church, your community, this world. Be who God made you to be and be happy with that person. You are his and he is yours and you do not have to fight to gain his attention. You have his attention. He doesn't lose track of us. If we run, he chases us. He pursues after us. If we hide, he finds us. He never loses track of us. He knows right where we are. And so mom talk, he knows where you are and he knows who you are. He is your designer. He created the who of who you are. And so who are you? I can tell you who you're not. You're not what you do. You're not your social status. You're not your relational status. You're not your victories. You're not your defeats. You're none of those things. Don't you dare tie your identity to temporary things. Tomorrow, my social status could change. Tomorrow, what I do could change. My relational status could change. What I perceive today as victories tomorrow could feel like defeats. I'm not going to tie who I am to what I do, to who I link arms with, to temporary things. That is not my identity. And so at this time, I just want you to close your eyes. And I want you to clear your minds of every distraction, of every doubt, of every hurt, of every disappointment, of every contempt,
of every preconceived idea of who you are, men, women, children, everyone in the room, we're setting those things aside. There is a question repeated seven times in the book of Revelation between chapters 2 and chapters 3. Seven times. And so if God asked John the Revelator, the writer of the book, to write this question in seven times, I think that we should give it our attention. And so again, from the message, here's one version of this question. Revelation chapter 2, verse 7 says this. Are you awake? Listen. Listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. So we've dismissed the chaos in our minds, and now we listen. We listen for him to speak. There's no doubt. There is no room for doubt. If I take him at his word, and I believe him to be truthful, I believe that he is truth, then I trust that he is speaking. And not only speaking, that he is speaking directly to me, his child. And so I want you to ask your creator, your designer, the only one qualified to speak. Ask him to whisper in your ear and give you your identity. Let him tell you who you are. Your unique calling, it's not generic, it's not replaceable, it's not transferable. But his design for your life. Just a few weeks ago when I was studying for this, I did this same exercise. I found a quiet place, got in my car all by myself. And like the revelation said, I just, I made my ears were awake and I listened for God to speak. And he shared with me three individual words, not connected three aspects of my identity. And I have to tell you, the first one, I argued. I didn't want to write it down because it was not at all how I saw myself. And I couldn't imagine anybody seeing me that way. But over the last couple of weeks as I've thought about it and I've had time to just really let it sink in and soak in, I keep going back to where I wrote those words down and I look at them and at first I would just roll my eyes at the first one and just think, oh, it's so silly. But I can see now where over the course of my life that has been been attempted to be crushed out of me. I've been attacked in that area. And I'm not going to share with you those three things. Those are private. They're special between me and God. And I don't expect you to share your three things with me if he gives you three.
when you're ready. Don't be afraid. When you're ready. We've placed cards all along the front up here. I want anyone and everyone who wants one, come and get a card. And as he speaks your identity, I want you to write it down. And in the future, when you feel attacked, when you feel replaceable, when you feel rejected, when you feel like there is anybody on this planet who could do it better than me, when you feel attacked at the very core of your identity, and everything in you declares something opposite of who God says you are, you'll have this card. Because let me tell you, God never speaks over us anything that is contrary to His Word. He is hope. He is life. He is truth. He is love. The psalmist David wrote, Oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path, my lying down, my, who I am acquainted with, all my ways. There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall behold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide me from you, but the night shines as the day and the darkness as the light. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And my soul knows very well. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so I want to invite you to come and take a card and to write down what God is speaking to you And remember, we do not tie our identity to temporary things. These are eternal things. Eternal things. And just like our moms believe in us, believe in us and push us to that place. God believes in us. He is a constant in our life. He chases us. He pursues us. And He gets to tell us who and what we are. He is our designer. And so if we put on any label, we put on the label of who He says we are and no other label. We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. 
we'd love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burkrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself.